And it is time to welcome to the program the Polk County Live Theater Guy, John FedQ. John, good morning. How are you? Good. Great to see everybody. As usual, thanks for having me. Mm. We are uh, very happy to have you. So uh, what's on your mind? What's happening this week? So as usual, I like to keep an eye on the performing arts, the live performing arts here in Polk County. And uh, Mm -hmm. Big is still running over at Lakeland Community Theater. So, um, you know, if you're interested in seeing a stage adaptation of the popular hit film that starred Tom Hanks back in the day, uh, please get out and take a look at that. Also, if you're looking for some retro films, uh, keep an eye on Polk Theater as well as the Ritz Theater in Winter Haven. Mm. And then last but not least, if you're interested in the Oscar race or Oscar films, uh, I know that the uh, the big megaplexes do bring the contenders back. So there's plenty to choose from as far as Oscar contending movies are concerned at your local movieplexes. So as usual, there's a wee bit going on, but... Um, you know, the live performances are the one that I just want to keep every, keep reminding everybody of. Okay. Along with that, uh, it looks like we have two openings this week. The first is, um, well, let's start with uh, this one first. The first one is called Drive Away Dolls. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. I, I am not. Okay. So <laughs> Drive Away Dolls is, uh, I believe it's Ethan Cohen's of the Cohen Brothers team Mm -hmm. that has brought us decades of dry wit and oddball humor. So it's his first attempt at directing without his brother. It's uh, without his brother, Joel. So I believe it's Ethan's movie. So Driveway Dolls um, is basically a a road movie. and And I'll state it this way. It's about two women on the run from hitmen after they accidentally come into possession of a mysterious briefcase that everyone wants to get their hands on. So Ooh. so it's it's basically raising Arizona meets Thelma and Louise. Louise. I was just oh, gonna cool. say that's what it sounds like to me. And from what I can tell it's a whole lot dirtier. So Dirty, you know, like what do you mean? Like 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 a lot of dust and I, I think filthy? there's I think that I think yes. I think uh I think it is filthy and um, if that's what you're into, and like, that's you what you take a shower using, afterwards, like... you you might, yeah, you might. Rex Rex <laughs> Reed, uh, to switch topics real quick. Rex Reed said about the movie Poor Things, mm-hmm. if you watch that movie, he said, prepare to hate yourself the next day. Oh, so no. we can talk about that later. But anyway, Driveway Dolls is uh, a, a new movie from Ethan Cohen, and it's uh, basically. Thelma and Louise meets Raising Arizona. The other film that's opening that I actually find interesting is this movie called Ordinary Angels. Yeah. Um, it's interesting for a couple of reasons. Number one, it does have it does have big names in it. And I say that because it's a faith-based film. Most faith-based films, in my opinion, are poor to terrible. Okay. okay. I don't yeah. find them to be very engaging or good. But they've turned the corner in the last few years. There was a movie called... Uh, I can only imagine uh, that, yeah. that was great. these guys. Thank you. Yes, that, that these guys great. made, and and I and I started watching it on Amazon Prime, and I couldn't stop watching it. Wasn't I it thought about, it was about the guy about that wrote the song, yes. right? Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, I haven't seen it's it. Inc- I saw the trailer. It's for incredible. It. Yeah. I wasn't really sold on the trailer. So yeah. Well, and again, I I personally am not a fan of faith based films. I find them to be primarily cheesy or yeah. I didn't think that one was. No, they belong, they belong on the Hallmark Channel, yeah. I guess. You know, like. 
they're their own well, entity. Hallmark's kind of changed their whole thing lately. Oh, In no, what way? Well, because uh, I guess what's the actress that was big on Hallmark Channel? Um, it was a girl from Full House. Yeah, she left. Yeah. Yes. And so their whole programming has changed. So this Christmas, I was watch. I like to watch the Christmas Hallmark movies. Really. And this Christmas, it was all different, and the acting was so much better, but the content was completely different and not what I'm used to. Yeah. So I was kind of shocked. Um, but everything I thought was done very well. I just, and I, and I honestly thought it was better than it's been in the past. Well, there you go. But they're touching yeah. on topics that are more, I think, um, mainstream that we're not used to. Um, uh-huh. Because they were very conservative before. They're not now. Yeah. Yeah. So, to me, it was so, always like a rich girl from the big city goes back to her hometown and falls in love with some like, Christmas tree farm guy. Right. Yes. But or this year. A Santa or I, I was, Prince. Yeah, this year I was watching one and it was two women. Oh, right. Okay. And, and and this is, and her name is Cameron Candace yes, Burry. Cameron, she Candace left. Cameron Burry. Yes. Burry. She married a, a, a hockey player, great hockey player. Um, anyway, the point is, is that yes, uh, and not to get into film agenda, which is a whole different topic. A lot of production companies have gone that way. As far as Ordinary Angels is concerned, uh, what I find is that the production team behind this particular film, they are the ones that made, I, I can only imagine, and they have elevated the faith-based films into a much more professional and higher production level um, uh, experience. Yeah. So, really good. Good. so, you know, taking a look at this, the preview looks solid. Uh, I love the fact that Alan Richin, Richson is in it. He is Jack Reacher. He is the real Jack Reacher. Oh, yeah. I do enjoy the Tom Cruise movies quite a bit, but uh, if anyone's seen the Reacher TV show on, fantastic. on Amazon Prime, yeah. when, when, yes, it's not, not only do I agree with you, Len, but when that guy says he's coming to kill you, I believe him. Yes. <laughs> I would not want to be Don't in his be. path. And I can't remember the last time, you know, we had that kind of, you know, brava, tough guy image that when he spoke, you went, wait a minute, I actually believe this. So yeah. so this is a departure for him. It's based on a true story. And, and it's about a man who loses his wife. And then his daughter gets terminally ill. And it's, it's another townsperson played by Hillary Swank. That comes in to save the day and, and and do what she can to rescue the family. So, again, it looks really good. And kudos to this production team. I believe they're called the Irwin Brothers. Um, they were behind American Underdog, which was the Kurt Warner biography, if anyone has seen that. He was the football player that uh, worked in a grocery store, came out of nowhere, and was yeah. one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. That was an amazing story. Yep, they did that movie. They did The Jesus Revolution uh, recently, which came out last year, which is – which was a, a biopic on um, – it was really a biopic on a guy named Lonnie Frisbee. Uh, actually, Greg Laurie, uh, who's a big evangelist out in California, and, and it was uh, how he got saved as a Christian and then um, what he went through with the Calvary Chapel movement, which is a historical issue or a historical situation, and then subsequently uh, they're now doing this. So they've done high-quality films, and I'm happy to say that one looks really good. So Ordinary Angels, PG – um, that's what I would recommend if you want to get out to the theater to see something. Um, switching gears real quick, uh, let's talk about movie endings. So, Ooh. so I love this. I love this segment. I love sitting here with you all mm-hmm. because we don't just have to talk about critiquing film. Yeah. Okay. We can talk about other things that's yeah. film related and mm-hmm. pop culture related, and that's way better. <laughs> so Len handed me. 
Len handed me this top 10 most confusing ending list. Okay. And I looked at it and I went, yep, they're right. <laughs> Those right. are all debatable and confusing. So I guess when we get back from the break, yep. we will go ahead and go that. through Absolutely. the top 10 most confusing endings in movie history. Top yes. 10 most confusing film endings. I hear papers. Yes. I so I have papers. the top 10 list, Len. Yes. And uh, this was, a, this was a, a, a very scientific um, uh, study. <laughs> it was done. This study is based on Google searches. Uh, ooh, okay. So oh, wow. apparently as we move forward as a, soci- as a society, there are people recording Google searches. Oh, yeah. So maybe that's a warning to it's some people to on yes. the other end of this uh, on the other end of this call or not. But either way, we have the top ten most confusing endings to movies <laughs> based on Google searches. So hold on, before you start, uh-huh. the one that confused the heck out of me was Clue. Because every time I went to Clue's the theater, not even on the it list. was a different ending. They had like three different endings. So oh talk about God. confusing. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's a joke. Go ahead. <laughs> How much time do we have? Lauren? Go ahead, you got time. Go. <laughs> okay, no, because well, I, there's a lot of you things have about to talk five about. minutes. Go ahead. I know. All right. So number ten is a tie between Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, and The oh. Shining. Oh, The Shining. Yep. Number nine is Fight Club. Okay. Mm. Number eight is Memento. First rule of Fight Club. Number mm-hmm. seven is Barbie. Mm. Number six is Interstellar. Yeah. Number five is Oppenheimer, and it's probably too soon to talk about that in any capacity because it's still in theaters. And isn't it historical though? How does how could the ending be confusing? <laughs> what it is, what it is with okay. Well hang on, hold that <laughs> thought yeah, because there's 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 something on this. Okay. I don't know if anyone saw it. Uh number four is Inception. Number three is American Psycho. Mm. Number two is No Country for Old Men. And then number one is Shutter Island. So oh, yeah. before we get into what stood out to you, Christopher Nolan, who's the writer-director of Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. he was also the writer-director of Inception, which was number four, uh-huh. Interstellar, which was number six, and then Memento, which is number eight. Well, that's why all your endings are confusing. So he's got the same guy. four out of the top ten most confusing endings mm. in film based on Google searches. He's gotcha. a confusing guy. Here's the thing with Christopher Nolan. That's why I, I, I wanted to bring this up. Mm. Christopher Nolan is interested in time and physics. That's what he loves. Okay. So his films, except for really the Batman ones, yeah. Okay. Are all about time and physics. Mm-hmm. So when you start playing with time, it's very hard, in my opinion, to maintain an understandable linear plot line mm. or timeline, right? Because you start moving pieces out of place. It gets confusing. And what it gets confusing. So before I ask your all opinions on what you think is the most confusing ending, for example, Inception. Inception is a dream. It's a movie about a dream, and then it goes within a dream, and then it goes within a dream. Yeah. So there are three dreams in Inception. Yeah, okay. Like write down notes throughout the, the movie. The question – well, no, that's actually one of his more linear plot lines. Yeah. So it's a dream within a dream within a dream. 
The question is, is did it start in a dream? That's what nobody knows. That's yeah. why the ending's confusing. But here's my point. Inception was was really, and, and if we get Christopher Nolan on the show one day, he can tell me I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. There was an old Polish film, is in the 50s or the 60s, 50s, oh. called the Saragossa Manuscript. Mm-hmm. And it was about a traveling bard. Okay. And so guess what he did? He got to a village, met a family, and he said, let me tell you a story. And he starts telling a story. So now the film shifts to that story. So we're yeah. in first-person narrative of that story. In that story, guess what they said? Let me tell you a story. Now the camera shifts again. Mm-hmm. So if I remember correctly, there were three stories. So what what, what Christopher Nolan did was he just took that model yeah. and transplanted it with dreams because what does he like? Time and physics. Yeah. Now, memento, okay? Memento, okay, if you see point blank, John Borman's point blank. Just don't drop those into soda. Yeah. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Yes. No, if you drop a memento into the... <laughs> oh, it yeah. explodes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, if you watch point blank, John Borman's point blank with mm. Lee Marvin from the 60s, Yeah. okay, the big question... Of that film, when it ends, which is not on the list, probably because it's too old. Because it starts at the ending? N- no. What happens is, yeah. well, m- maybe, yes. You've seen it. So you know what I'm talking about. I'm just saying. <laughs> my, my next dream is, can I get my $10 back? <laughs> well, anyway, the point is, is that they have a sequence that's backwards. Mm. Oh. And what Christopher Nolan did, in my opinion, he can tell me I'm wrong, mm-hmm. is he took about a two or three minute sequence, I think it was, out of point blank, and he just turned it into a 90 minute movie. There you go. Oh. Okay. Yep. Uh, and then cool. last but not least on Interstellar, Interstellar was his response to 2001. 2001 is his favorite film. And so everyone wants to emulate Kubrick. Yep. And how do you emulate Kubrick? You leave us scratching our heads, <laughs> just like The Shining. There you go. I love it. Oh, my God. John Fedke is a Polk County Live Theater guy. John, thank you very much. Always a pleasure to have you here. It's great to be here. Yes. Thank Uh, you so much.